Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, listening friends, and welcome to another sensational, inspirational, celebrational episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. And you guessed it, it's me, Kenyatta. Also, as always, my ever faithful and always friendly co-host, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hey, Kenyatta. How are you today? I, I know you're a little, you said you're a little tired earlier. Have you picked up in the last five minutes? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listening friends, and you'll find out why here shortly. Um, I think we're going to have a a really good episode this evening. So y'all get ready. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've got a a guest on. It's Tiana from the Unpacked Energy Podcast. Why don't you uh, give a real quick brief sort of rundown on, on your podcast, and then we can uh, sort of move on to our WTFs. All right. Well, hey, guys, I really want to say I appreciate, you know, you guys for having me on the show. I've really been looking forward to it since we talked about it. So I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank um, you. I have a podcast. It's called Unpack Energy Podcast, and it's a podcast for self-improvement, self-help for women. And I try to get women, you know, all different ages, backgrounds, help resources, you know, through the word of God with a, uh, I guess, a ghetto fabulous twist, as I like to call it, but just get us some help in all different types of areas. I'm not limited to one. And um, so that's what, that's what I do over there. Just kind of have fun, uh, try to be transparent, talk a little stuff, get a little ghetto sometimes. And, you know, you know, that's just what we do. Have fun. <laughs> and, and I can hmm. attest that it, it's a fun time to be on our show. Yeah. Because I was recently a guest. Yeah. So you'll have to go and check me out. Yes, yes indeed. indeed. <laughs> so um, usually with our WTF moments, we rotate who goes first. And this week it, or this episode, it would be Kenyatta's turn to go first. However, Kenyatta, totally up to you. Should should we let the guest WTF us first? It's not every day you get to break in a WTF. You know what I mean? For us, it's old game. But. True, but absolutely. I would, if she doesn't mind, I would absolutely love for her to give us a WTF this week. So, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Let's let's go for it. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> so um, my WTF moment recently was uh, I was actually I was actually um, recording a um, a podcast episode with this guy and we had connected through one of you know the facebook groups and everything panned out we did a pre-show everything was great and um you know i thought you know what he was coming on to bring to the show just be, it'd be great you know the i uh, had my listeners um you know tune in to that and so we are maybe at the beginning i do my introduction you know um introduce him and kind of just doing our pleasantries and things of that nature and so you know i start to ask him a question 
And um, he just stops mid-sentence and is like, I got to be honest, I, I'm really not a podcaster. I've never recorded an episode with anybody. I just really wanted to know, you know, maybe maybe we could go out and have drinks. You know, I I've, I don't really, I've never listened to your episode, but I just saw your, your profile picture. And um, yeah, so because my brother, on, my brother was on Facebook and I, you know, just had use the computer behind him and he's actually a podcaster in the group and I just saw your post and you know I don't know what the hell I just figured that it'd be nice to do something different and just kind of step outside the box that yeah. <laughs> here's and, um, my here's my I, I I am I am I'm married but we're separated um but that shouldn't you know deter you from going out to eat with me <laughs> Wow! Yeah, that, that was a lot. You know what I mean? And and I'm, I'm I gotta preface it, guys. I'm one of the most. I don't know. It's kind of I'm half and half. I'm I'm very open, and I think because of some of the weird situation I've encountered on myself, I just think God sends weird people to me or unique people to me, and people just feel super comfortable with doing or saying wild things, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, it just happens. So I'm kind of like used to it. But then I'm like, the older I get, like, come on, you know what I mean? Get, give it to somebody else. You know, I mean, I really, plan- <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, I, I just was, he was like, so what do you think? Is this, was this like a good move? Because this is kind of like outside the box. I'm sure this never happened to you. I said, it's never happened to me. Um, I'm not interested. Uh, you know, but thank you for your time. And he was like, are you sure? You know, because this this might be a once in a lifetime thing for you. So, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. So. A part of me appreciates the level of confidence that guy has. <laughs> me too. That's what that's what you call him? <laughs> yes. I give I give him an A for the audacity. Oh, exactly. What? That that was the other part and the other part yeah. of me is like the stunned and thought, holy yeah. crap, the yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that was my WTF Ooh. moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I got you know what? If you guys ever do just like a WTF like episode, I could and we just all go back and forth. But I we, we would have a great time for real. <laughs> it, yeah, if we did one with just straight WTF moments yes. from our lives. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. great. I mean, we it would be hilarious, you know? Yeah. Madness. Madness. I have had some weird crap happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> so thoughts, if We have a guest that does that to you. What, are, uh, what course of action are you going to take? First of all, no, I already did my first of all. Second of all, I can appreciate just short of saying they like, you know, wanted to murder me. I appreciate anybody that has the courage of their convictions because he came with the long, the long plan. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he, he went did. he went all through this all this trouble instead of just straight asking her out. Yeah. He was like he went through all this trouble making like it was something else and he was like, "Well, this ain't yeah. what it is." Really? Yeah. I give you yeah. an A+ plus for audacity. Me too. But, and he um, stuck to the script. He stuck to the script through the pre-show meeting. Like at that point we you could have said it then, you know, but he stuck to it. He definitely stuck to it. 
Wow. Because yeah. I guess I guess the further you go into a lie, the more dedicated you have to be until and, and that's yeah. Until and I'm you have those, nowhere else to turn. And then it's just right. And I'm okay, here it is. True crime, true crime people that watch true crime. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, he's a psycho. You know yeah, what I mean? Mm, he's a psycho. Yeah. He's something. So, He's yeah. something all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. If you, if you watch true true crime, um, I don't know if you listened to our episode that dropped on Tuesday, but our guest writes music for two true crime two television country? shows. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. Ooh, so, wee. Yeah. yeah. That, Let me just that's I'm glad I get this water here because. Yeah, that was a lot, right? That's wild. That's wild. And (laughs) third of all, let me just admit this, and y'all don't judge me. I'm trying to figure out why I can't be approached like that. What's what's happening? No, no, can't get it. Can't get it. Don't even look at it like that. Like, I mean, it was it was really, you know what I'm saying? I, I guess I it should come from different perspectives. I get but, you. But dang, like you really sat through a pre-show. You did. You, you gave me all of your educational, educational, educational <laughs> background. You know, you really stuck to it. You oh, did. and by the way, I am married, but we're separated. She lives upstairs. I'm downstairs. Negative. Yeah. So, negative. Yeah, that's a negative for me. No, sir. You were like, yeah. You had me until the I live. You lived downstairs. Yes, yeah, you had me it, up until that point. Yeah. If you lived yeah. upstairs, we'd be going out for drinks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I actually that's actually a, a part of that is actually a true story for me. Like some years ago, there was a girl that had just gotten recently hired on in our department, and I'm fairly sure that the child had some bless her. She had some some sing, some shingles short of a roof. Anywho. <laughs> she's busy trying to set me up with some some guy she knows she said he's separated I said stop right there she said no he lives in this part of the house and his wife lives in the other part I said stop talking (laughs) and then I I thought for a minute I'm like you don't even really like me do you the fact that you would suggest that situation to me (laughs) and thought it was okay don't talk to me no more right exactly exactly don't don't I ooh. Yeah, mm. I'm gonna carry that with me for a while. I think back to the time when my girlfriend tried to hook me up with um, I don't, I, I, I do I, I want to say a little person, you know? Uh, okay. And yeah, and that's <gasps> yeah. I, we'll talk about that another time. Mm, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He my. had like a complex and was upset with me because I didn't wear heels. But anyway, okay, go ahead, guys. Come on, because <laughs> I did go on the date. Okay, but that's neither here nor there. I did go. I did go. Okay, I felt like, hey, you know, I had nothing to lose. I didn't want to miss the opportunity for that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All righty. Yeah. Ooh, I feel like I feel like I've been missing so many things. I just <laughs> <laughs> so many. Yeah. Our, our lives are dull by comparison. Basically, oh what have I been doing with myself? Woo. Right. Yeah. Golly. Oh my! Oh, I'm just making wow. note to all of this. <laughs> right. All right. of this. In my I'm head, sorry, y'all. Just... I didn't mean to come on and like you know. My bad. I'm sorry. No. No. no, that's no you good. You 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 good. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, you know, right. we probably need a good segment of laughter because I have a feeling that maybe Kenyatta's WTF moment might make us angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it Maybe? won't make you entire. No, it won't make you entirely uh-huh. angry because I've often said you can't be angry at things you expect. 
Mm. So this is one of these things. Okay. So um, one of our favorite subjects on uh, Save the World is Cancun Cruise, who apparently today was quoted saying he would rather watch paint dry than one second of the January 6th committee's first public hearing. Wow. That's because he's probably at his front door waiting for the FBI to come to arrest his ass. Wow. Not only would he prefer to watch paint dry, he would prefer to mow his lawn or comb his hair or, you know, indulge in personal grooming, which is a lot because we've all seen that beard. Yeah, we have. No, you're not indulging in anything remotely like that, Ted. So knock it off. Knock it off. And then had the gall to call the committee hearings, quote, a political campaign ad for the Democrats. Mm. Right. But lest we forget, this is the man that spent our taxpayer money with his little science fair project posters at the uh, Supreme Court nomination hearings talking about the racist baby book. Okay, so he can kindly kiss our collective asses. So that's it. That's it. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll let you go first in that line, Kenyatta. No. And the ass kissing. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. I I no I wouldn't I wouldn't kiss him with my last ex boyfriend's lips. No, I'm, okay. I mean him okay. kissing your, I meant him kissing your ass. Oh, we'll I don't let, want that we'll either. Because <laughs> on <laughs> I have a feeling whatever he's got going on is infectious. Either way, I don't want absolutely, absolutely agree yeah. on it. Yeah, he probably so. has COVID, and you don't want it entering your body from that direction. So right, exactly. Oh, you have COVID in your ass. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, okay. I don't. I don't want it. I need him to. I need him just to stop speaking. But yeah. obviously, that's never going to happen. So right. No, no. I don't think it's going to. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Good old Cancun cruise. Gotta, Cancun gotta love that man. And, and of course, I meant that entirely. The opposite meaning of that. <laughs> yes, it was. That was fully understood. So yes. So, so yeah. mine was brief, but. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you read and you're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, water's wet. Ted Cruz right. is against the committee. Thanks. <laughs> the sun Thanks. shines. Oh, wow. Wow. In the article that I read it on, there's a picture of him looking as corny as he can with sunglasses. I, I don't know too many people that can look corny and corny sunglasses. with sunglasses. Exactly. But he does it. He does it good. Yeah. I give him an A plus for audacity. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's Ted Cruz. Corny Cancun Cruz. Okay. Oh yeah. my gosh. At this point oh, it's probably yeah, a tie between good. him and Tucker Carlson on who we've complained the most about. Or no, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh She's well, yeah, there. we can't forget MTG as much as we would like to. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully. Speaking of which, when we're done, I need to go and get a peach tree bowl so I can have some uh, <laughs> some ice cream. <laughs> Woo! I'm done. I don't. Sorry. I don't. That's <laughs> that's somebody else who would benefit from shutting up. But right, right, right. What do I know? I just live here. <laughs> right, right. Just, just on this planet. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> right, right. 
So I guess uh, producer Jack is going to kick in and we didn't just, you know, bring Tiana on to just have fun WTF and right. she had quite the experience in, in her life and she's going to share that with us. Um, she had bariatric surgery and as she told me the other day, if it could go wrong, it happened sometimes yeah. twice, <laughs> but uh, yeah. why don't you um, go ahead and uh, sort of talk about what led you to the decision to get that maybe okay. a little pre and then if we have a couple questions and then from there, you can go in and tell us about when things went okay. downhill. Okay. So um, I had the surgery. I had, um, I was um, plus size. I had always kind of struggled with weight all my life. And um, the, I wanted to have a surgery, obviously, to lose weight. Right. I didn't have any. I didn't have any health problems. That was the. That was the thing. I, I didn't have any. I was plus size, but I didn't have any health problems. And I, my doctor attributed that to. I was a male carrier most of my adult life, so I was plus size, but I was, you know, constantly moving, so I didn't have diabetes or uh, high blood pressure, anything like that. So being honest with myself. I was having it for aesthetic reasons. Um, I just felt like, you know, um, I would move further in my career if I was smaller. Uh, you know, people would like me a little bit more if I was smaller, you know, and um, nobody in in my immediate family or my friends ever made me feel like I needed to have it. It was just more of a society thing. I think, it's just, you know, just looking and seeing, right. you know, women, you know, beautiful women, you know, small, you know, just uh, frolicking all over the beach or going to the mall and able to buy clothes, clothes, clothes. And I, and I kind of wanted that. I, um, I, I was confident, but I based my confidence on things at that time. And I just kind of thought, you know, maybe life would be totally different for me, skinny, you know? And, um, I had kind of toyed with the idea probably for about 10 years, but then for some reason this year, um, because my doctor, my my uh, my uh, PCP told me no. She said she wouldn't sign off on it. It's like something clicked in my head because I'm one of those people that don't like no. I said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. So I'll just go to another doctor outside of the group who doesn't know her or know, you know, me. And and that's what I did. I went to a doctor and they were like, okay, you want to do it? All right, cool. Let's go. You got the money? Let's go. And uh, um um, I initially, the process was unique for me because my girlfriend at the time, we were going through the same process. We went to the same doctor for uh, the same office, two different doctors. She just happened to get uh, another doctor because my doctor wasn't available. And so we were going through the process at the same time. So that to me, that made it even more convenient because I'm like, OK, well, I got somebody to go through it with. So right. she had her surgery first and I had my surgery two weeks later. Hers went uh, perfectly fine. No issues. So did you have to, I know a lot of times bariatric surgery, they make you lose some weight beforehand, sort of the, you can prove that you can lose weight. Did you have to do that also? Or was it just a, he didn't even care and just, Hey, let's go. My insurance, I had to lose three pounds. Three? three. three? Just three pounds. Huh? That's yeah. Dr. Now so, on my 600 pound life. Right. You know, he he yeah. makes you lose 50 when you start. No, out, you have so. to lose. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. Nope. I had to lose based on my insurance. Um, I had to lose three pounds. And um, I, the two weeks prior to you go on an all liquid diet, I lost maybe 15 pounds, I think. But I only had to lose three pounds. 
Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. I mean, that just seems like a not I, I could have seen five. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Like they, yeah, when they called me back and I, you know, because I was expecting them to say about 30 or 30, you know, 40 pounds. Um, because my girlfriend, I think she had to lose maybe 15 or 20. I was expecting kind of around that range, but mine said, no, you just you just have to lose three pounds. You're three pounds over what we want you to be. So three pounds. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That, that's and, interesting. You know, when I when I heard that in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is this is supposed to be, you know. So okay. So yeah. uh well, Kenyetta, do you have any questions going forward before we uh get into the 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 meat of the the interview i guess <laughs> no pun <laughs> right right i, I do because i i did i mean um obviously i've heard of bariatric but in doing a little reading um since i knew that you were coming on i did a little bit more reading and i noticed there's apparently several different kinds of bariatric surgery yeah, yeah. which ones did you have i had the uh Jeez, the sleeve. I'm sorry, I just drew a blank. I had the sleeve. So what they do is um, your stomach, they cut it into a banana-shaped pouch. So it's, it's essentially like cutting it in half, but it's cut into a banana-shaped pouch. Uh, the other one, which is a RUN, that's the larger surgery where they um, reroute your uh, stomach and I think some intestines or something like that. So they go in and reroute and we call it the, they, we content, we, that's not the correct medical term, but we call it the larger surgery because um, it's normally for people who are over, I, I want to say a hundred to 150 to 200 pounds overweight. Mm. So it's a larger surgery. And okay. then they have, um, um, some states have outlawed and in some insurances don't do it. They have the lap band, which is mm -hmm. a contraption that they put on and they tighten around your stomach and they have, you have these uh, ports in your stomach and they go in and tighten it or loosen it. But I think because of erosion problems, a lot of states and insurances don't take it, but some people uh, can do that as well. Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Right. So on average, how long does, like, for instance, when you had the sleeve, how, how, how long on average should one of those procedures take? Um, the, um, the, are you you saying like the recovery time? Yeah, well, I, or the actual procedure when you're oh, in your the actual procedure was supposed to be an hour and a half at mm -hmm. the longest, I believe they said, mm -hmm. because it was laparoscopic. So okay. Yeah, I think I think it was about maybe maybe yeah, an hour to an hour and a half, I believe they said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So and then it went downhill. No. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It when I say it, well, it went downhill from the beginning, but we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm guessing this is this is a perfect time to to get into that. Once once the procedure was done and you know, you came, you started coming out of it. What were your doctors and your surgeons telling you was going on or okay. what should be going on? Well, let me start with prior to the procedure. Okay. You know, they take you to pre-op and things like that. Um, and this was pre-COVID. It was December 17, 2019. So pre-COVID. COVID, COVID mm -hmm. was, I think, March, first March, uh, first week in March 2020. Um, so my fiance at the time and my daughter were there for support. I was the first surgery of the day. It was very early in the morning. I remember looking over at my daughter. She was 13 at the time, maybe 12, 12, 13. And I remember looking over at her and I said to her, I don't want to do this. I, I said, I'm just not, 
And this, she's a kid, so keep that in mind. But she was super close. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. I said, but I've already spent all of this money. The hospital, the facility that I went to was an hour, two hours, almost two hours away. So I figured, let's just do it. And plus, what happened was it was around Christmas time at the post office and we are swamped and I needed a vacation. I had worked uh, 12 to 14 hours a day prior to that. So in my mind, I'm like, I need this vacation time because I can't be off in December. Mm. So I looked over my daughter and I said, I I really don't want to do this. And she just kind of, you know, had that look like, you know, mom, whatever you want to do, I support it. So I went ahead and did it. They put me under um, initially um, under anesthesia, something went wrong. Um, I remember them telling me, but because of some neurological damage, some things I remember, some things I don't. Something went wrong. They woke me back up. This is prior to the surgery. They woke me back up. The anesthesiologist told me something went wrong. Um, and she she asked me, she said, Ms. White, are you sure you really want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, hurry up and put me back under so I can get this over with because I got things to do. I don't really want to be in the hospital that long, you know, and that's just how I am. And and I hope you guys don't take my um, sarcasm, but that's just how I deal with things. And so I was like, yeah, I want to do it. So I went under again. Surgery, the actual surgery went fine. Mm -hmm. There was no issues. I woke up groggy. Um, was drinking a little teeny cup of water, you know, as I was supposed to after the surgery. Mm-hmm. The day that I was, because uh, they only keep you in the hospital two to three days. I, uh, the day that I was supposed to get discharged, I remember I had this excruciating pain in my stomach and it was so bad, I, I passed out. It was like a pain I had never experienced before. I'd rather have um, a set of twins every day for 10 months then have this pain. That's how bad it was naturally um, wow. in the woods somewhere. That's how bad the pain was. And I had uh. a really high tolerance for pain, a super high tolerance. <clears throat> and um, <throat> I remember I was on the hospital floor because nobody would believe me. They just thought that I had drunk too much water after the surgery and maybe, you know, some things that got stuck and it just wasn't processing right. And, um, they didn't believe me. And so I got on the floor and cried and hooped and hollered because nobody would believe me. They just, I said, I'm in pain and this is not water pain. My fiance brushed me off. Matter of fact, him and the nurse kind of laughed at me. They were like, why are you on the floor? You know, don't be so dramatic. And I said, this, there's something wrong. I said, there is something wrong. And I remember calling the facility. I called the the doctor uh, office where I was, uh, where he was stationed, and I talked to his nurse. And I said, "Nobody's believing me. Please help me because there's something wrong." So um, the doctor came up. He just happened to be there. He came up and he was like, "Something is wrong." So they put me back under, and they woke me back up. Um, so when they put you under that time, there was a, a I want to call it a informative review, something like that. It was that's what it's called where they go back in and they look and see what's going on. He went back in and they found uh, a blood clot in my small intestines. Mm. Um, After that, I don't remember much. So what I'm getting ready to tell you is based on what my parents told me. I have no reason to not believe them, but they were there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, He put me back under after that because the blood clot had cut off the supply to my small intestine and my small intestines was dying. 
And so that's what was causing the pain. So they took some of it out. They left my stomach open um, and put me on a med vac because they weren't sure if whatever they took out was enough. Oh, it right. wasn't enough. Oh, they went back in and took 90% of my small intestine out because it had, it was dying off like that. Oh my and God. So, um, wow. In the span of uh, uh, four days, I had three major surgeries. Oh my gosh. And so um, after that, I went into a coma. Uh, my stomach was still open because they didn't know what to do. So I was on a med back. I was in a coma. Keep in mind, my parents don't live. I live in Georgia. My mom and my bonus dad live in Maryland. Mm-hmm. My dad lives in Boston. So I could imagine how they felt. They, they were on the phone. So they had to rush and get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a coma for a while. and. Um, I remember waking up from the coma. I remember being in the coma, just like, God, if you just, I don't know where I am, but whatever this place is, just help me get through it and figure out where I need to go because I, I, I need my family. I did. I could hear people talking, didn't understand what they were saying, mm-hmm. but I knew wherever I was, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be with my family. Mm-hmm. And so um, I finally came to out of the coma after a, a while. And um, the process from there uh, was uphill and then it was downhill. Uh, I was in ICU for a while, uh, med vac still in my stomach. Eventually, the week before COVID hit, I was released from the hospital. Um, my stomach had healed. My rat, they say it was a miracle so fast that they could release me from the hospital. So um, the trauma that I experienced in the hospital, I, that we we had to go into a, a different show about that. But the experience was so traumatic because um, I had never experienced anything like that. The pain, the 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 feeling of not wanting to be here, the looking at your body and your body is absolutely absolutely going against everything that is supposed to your body, like, nope, 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 nope. And your body is almost deteriorating, Mm. you know? Um, And, uh, you know, having to learn how to, you know, go to the bathroom, different things of that nature, nurses being nice, nurses not being nice, people just uh, disregarding your pain and thinking you just want drugs because you just, you know, I guess a drug addict. Mm. Um, Being, uh, actually one nurse came in and gave me too much medication and was on the verge of, I want to say overdose me. And this is legit because she gave me too much medication and mm. dealing with that and just not being heard. So that's a whole nother experience. But then when I finally got out of the hospital, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm able to go home. Everything's going to be right. Life is going to be perfect. And it went downhill. Um, I couldn't eat. Uh, I was on what's called TPN and that's where they feed you intravenously. It's a 10 pound bag that you have to carry around and you it's in your vein. It's like being in a hospital, but it's a 10 pound bag that you have to carry around and you wear it 24 hours a day. And then you have to clean it and take care of it yourself. So I needed a lot of support. My parents were there to support me. And it was difficult because they saw me deteriorating before I saw myself deteriorating and things just went downhill. I lost weight. That was the objective. Was I supposed to lose a hundred pounds in um, a five week span? Absolutely not. Um, they couldn't figure out how to Ooh. get me to plateau. They could not figure it out. Um, going back and forth to the doctors, uh, uh, you know, um, being in the ambulance, um, not um, eating for days on end, 
uh, laying in the bed because I'm in that much pain. Uh, and then it got to a point where I couldn't walk. It started with me falling all over the place, needing help to go to the bathroom to the point where I had to be in a wheelchair. So I was in a wheelchair probably about 10 months. I couldn't uh-huh. walk. I had lost function in my hands, my legs, uh, my feet. So my family had to bathe me, cook for me. Um, I want to say I wasn't present mentally. I just wasn't present. Like I, you know, I, my thought process wasn't where it should have been. And it took a long time. The recovery period, uh, it was long. It was about two years. Uh, and I learned a lot about myself, but it was, a, it was a very traumatic experience. I am afraid of hospitals now. Mm. Um, I have an OCD problem. I have um, a, a problem with a, a, a thing with germs because I saw so much happen in the hospital. People say hospitals are some of the cleanest places on earth. They're not. Mm. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it, it was a lot. It's been a traumatic experience. And I had to uh, literally pull myself up by the bootstrap and decide to start healing. Because if I didn't, I would still be in that same place, you know, and I know right. that I know for a, for a fact, um, the only reason why I am here because of the grace of God and my family support and um, not even realizing the trauma that my family experienced too. Right. So having to deal with that as well. So, yeah. And there's mm. a lot of other components. So, you know, whatever yeah. you guys want to discuss, that's great. So, so did you yeah. have to have a, stoma or is it more commonly known a colostomy bag is part of your recovery i didn't i didn't surprisingly i didn't i didn't yeah yeah that that's good because i've heard that once you have that it's sort of difficult for your body to go back to normal from that so they yeah that was a big concern i didn't know anything about it at the time but that was a big concern my mom had looked into it so i I didn't i my situation was kind of unique where i should have done this I didn't need it. And then there were other things that they just couldn't understand. Well, why does she need this type of help? So yeah, no, I didn't have to have that though. Okay. Mm. Well, no, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Considering everything else. Absolutely. My God. Well, let, let me just say first off, and I, I know I speak for Jack and hopefully for our listening friends, we are glad you are still here. Me too. Me too. My God. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going through that, guys, I never thought I gave up because I thought, especially when I was in the wheelchair and had to learn how to walk and write again and couldn't bathe myself. I gave up. I just figured that was going to be my life forever. Mm. And so, yeah. um, Yeah. But I'm glad to be here. So I'm glad that I still have issues, you know, medical issues, but not like I used to. Mm. Mm. Okay. So you said after having gone through all that, you just got to a point you knew you needed to get up and go or be there forever. Like, and, and obviously something some, coming back from something like this, I know it's probably some of the most tiniest, biggest baby steps ever. Mm-hmm, yes. What do you recall as being the first kind of sparks that got you up, so to speak? What happened was I was talking to my aunt and, and keeping this in the perspective, this, what my aunt said to me is not something that my mother and my other people didn't say, other people didn't say, but it just was something unique about her. I was having an event session with her. I was, um, 
in the bed. I couldn't feel my legs. You know, my dad had um, just kind of bathed me. Keep in mind, I'm 38 at the time and I'm grown. So my my, my father had to bathe me. So mm. just put that in perspective. And I was mm-hmm. feeling some type of way. And I just, you know, was talking to her and I just, you know, crying and having a venting session, that venting session, which is normal. I think it was warranted. Um, and, you know, she listened and she said, you know, Tiana and me and my aunt are super close. Um, she was like, you know, I understand everything you're saying. She said, you're valid. She said, but at some point you got to make a decision. She said, you got to make a decision what you're going to do. And I'm like, make a decision. Just look at what I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. I can't bathe. I can't use my hands. I don't feel my toes. So what do you mean? And I can't walk. And she's like, you know, I see you walking. She's like, I see you going back and having a normal life, but you got to see it for yourself. She said, you got to make a decision to stop living in your present and look towards your future. She said, everybody that you have around you, as far as your medical staff, have told you that you will walk again and that you are capable of doing it. She said, but there's something in your mind that's just not connecting. And she said, the sooner that you get past what you look like right now, she said, the sooner you'll be able to walk into uh, your new life. She said, because I don't see you staying here forever. She said, but if that's where you want to stay, that's where you want to stay. And the next day, I stopped fighting my physical therapist because I was in physical therapy and I used to give them the blues. I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. blues. Um, because I just, I didn't see it and I didn't want to work towards it because I felt, oh, woe was me, which, you know, technically maybe that was right to feel that way. But okay, so yeah, what was you? And the big picture I learned with this, uh, what really caused me to um, jumpstart things is that I put me in this situation. I blamed everybody else. Mm. I put me in this situation. And me putting me in this situation affected a lot of people. So I, I had to accept that. Once I accepted, nobody forced you to do this. You know, yeah. you, nobody put a gun to your head. You you consciously made this decision. And yes, you have your things going on, but think about how we've rearranged our lives to help you. You know, we love you, but we've re- rearranged our lives too. More importantly. Look at your daughter. She needs you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How did your, uh, you said you worked for the post office. How were they during this time? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that a whole other oh, podcast? Man. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, no, no. No, that's I, the I, whole explanation right there. Oh, my yeah, that's, that's all it. you need that's to know. That's, <laughs> that's it. But no, um, like I said, my girlfriend and I, she was my manager at the time. She had her surgery and was perfect. Like literally everything they said in the book, you know, the little pamphlets they give you about people being happy and moving on and life is just grand and they eating like a, a one strawberry. That was her. Like it was hmm. perfect. She went back to work, no problem. And so I had mine and they were like, oh. And then after about a week, they like, okay, so are you coming back? What's the situation? And um, my mom had to step up and because I wasn't capable of doing anything. I was in a coma. Um, and then when I came out of coma, you got to remember the neurological damage. So you, your mind is not, I wasn't, you know what I mean? There was some things I couldn't think coherently. Right. I didn't know where I was, so I couldn't go back to work. So my mom Mm -hmm. had to step up and let them know and take care of my medical stuff, you know, my paperwork and let them know, like, I don't know when she's coming back. I'm not going to rush her. Don't call us anymore. Do what you got to do. Pay her whatever leave she has. We'll take care of the rest. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually can 
I understand how your mom did that for you as somebody yeah. who's gone through something like that recently. So I, yeah. I understand how you have to do that yeah. for your for your kid. But yeah. Ooh, the yeah. government. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. exactly. <laughs> and I work, you know, guys, um, not to harp on it, but I worked so hard for them for years. I gave my job everything. I lost time with my child. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know my child because I gave that job everything since I was 23 years old. Mm, and wow. you know, when I came to and you know got situated, you know, I would ask my mom, you know, did so and so call? Did they call? And I had good relationships with people, you know, for years, and these people didn't call, you know, and you know, nobody, even if they didn't call for me, they knew I had a daughter and they knew I was in Georgia, just me and my daughter. So nobody called and said, you know, well, where's her daughter? Do we need to look out for her daughter? Is she by herself, you know, and you know, it hurt. So I dealt with that too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can see where that would be hurtful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, in addition to obviously all the, the physical, you know, physical therapy and the, and the, the the physical things you had to go through to, to come back or to recover, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming just from, just from, uh, us talking to you for just, well, me just now talking to you for this short amount of time, you obviously have a lot of faith. Yeah. In addition to that, did you seek out any other psychological or emotional help? Do you believe in therapy? Did you look into it? Did you do anything like that? Well, I'm going to tell you um, the truth. Uh, I, initially, I didn't mm. because I already, I, it's almost like I liken it until you and I, you guys, and we're all talking now. We're all, you know, um, coherent. We can do whatever. You can pick up now, go to the store, no problem. And then uh, Friday afternoon, you can't walk. You mm. can't talk. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't move your hands. And so I was dealing with that because that was, a, I, I just was, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it. I'm like, oh my God, I'm 38, 37 years old at the time, 38. And I can't even use my body. And I had so much anger in me for a long time because I felt like this person did that. If they didn't do this and I wouldn't do this and, you know, just blame, blame, blame. So initially for a long time, I didn't. But then when I um I moved, uh, I lost my house. I lost my car, you know, wasn't able to work. I had to move back with you know my father first and then my mom in Maryland. And when I lived with my dad, I just, you know, I all I did was sit in the bed and cry all day and just to myself. And my dad was like, you know, you might need some help. You know, you might need to see a therapist. You might need some medication to help you. And I refused it and I refused it. And it just seemed like it got worse and worse and worse. And mm-hmm. so eventually... I did talk to my doctor and I let her know I was honest. I told her, I said, look, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't want to, you know, kill myself, but I don't want to wake up either. So I need to know. Mm. So um, I didn't uh, initially, I didn't speak to a therapist, but I did get some medication and it helped. It, it, mm. it, and it continues to help. Um, I was embarrassed. I didn't tell a lot of people because I grew up in that culture where, you know, uh, we don't do that as African-American people. And I can speak mm-hmm. candidly because that's my experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you take medication, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And when I started taking the medication, it was almost instantly, I, I started to feel better. Now I wasn't loopy and couldn't, you know, get gather myself, but I started to feel better because uh, depression is a chemical imbalance. Mental health issues right. are chemical imbalances. It has nothing to do with uh, just you woke up one morning and you want to be this way. We right. don't. Anybody that struggles with a mental health illness or disorder, we don't wake up and say, 
hey, pick me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not right. something like, hey, pick me. I want to go through this, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but initially I didn't get help, but um, I, I, I did. I started getting medication and I started feeling better and I was able to kind of move through some things. And then afterwards, when I kind of got up on my feet because of the experiences I had, I did start going to see a therapist, which I advocate for because there is PTSD. It's true with any situation. So, yeah, yes, I definitely right. advocate for people to do that. And I, 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 I second that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I second it, too. And I also agree with you on the idea of therapy being one of them taboo things in the black community. It is. And it's and this I don't even mean this as a joke or anything like that. Um, I can attest to it. I know other people can attest to it that we have people we know, whether it's friends or family or someone that acts a certain way. And everybody kind of jokes it off. But those really are, unfortunately, the people that have gone untreated and unchecked because nobody wants to come in and, and say, hey, you may need to go. You may you need to get some help. Absolutely. And unfortunately, they tend to fall prey to other people in the community or members of their own family because they don't necessarily understand or want to acknowledge what's happening. The people around them won't do it either. Mm-hmm. So that's that's some yeah. serious business. Yeah. That's the other side business. of that, I just want to throw this out there too. And I talk about it on my podcast. Um, we as a people in the Christian community, I'm gonna say we as believers in the Christian community have to stop uh, telling people to just pray about it. God's going to work it out. It'll get better. You know, just God. Yeah. And those things are all true. God will work about work it out. We will, we should pray for it, but we need to stop masking that as the only uh, thing to help people with mental health issues or going through things like depression. We got to stop just saying that there are people out here there are uh, that need medical attention. That's what mm-hmm. God created medicine for. Correct. It is yep. not a bad thing if I can if I pray and I go see a therapist. It's yep. nothing wrong with that. It does yep. not make me a less of a believer. It does not mean that my faith should be questioned. It's not that. If I need if a person needs help, they need help. Um, and I, I'm not giving an excuse to people that do egregious things. But again. We have these family members and I, you know, within our family and, you know, what, well, you know, he just likes to, you know, like to play with the kids a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's inappropriate in mm-hmm. certain contexts. It's inappropriate. Um, Uncle Ray might need some help. Yeah. He might mm-hmm. need to discuss what's, you know, what the issue is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's yep. not, that shouldn't be just a thing. Well, you know, he's always like young girl. That's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing and it's not healthy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So he needs Mm-mm. to know. So I'm, I'm an advocate for that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I started my podcast, too, because I felt like the church failed me years ago because I, I, I believed in God. But then when I went to them and said, hey, I'm a mom, I'm depressed, and sometimes I don't want to be a mom. Oh, well, just pray about it. God will work it out. <sighs> yeah, that's not okay. the, I know uh, that's another the correct answer. answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and, yeah no. and you're right, but I will I will piggyback and say it can be this and this. Exactly. And I've, I've encountered what you're talking about. Um, I don't necessarily like have a church home or go to church uh, constantly, mm-hmm. but I do believe. So I have my own understanding right. about faith. Yep. 
And I'm just like you at this. You can pray about it because there is like for me, I know a lot of other people. There is something in that for me. At the same time, I know that I can when I need to, I I can go and say, Lord, I know you put doctors in medicine on this earth for a reason. So I'm going to go ahead and seek that out. Right. It's like a a joke, an old joke I used to hear all the time. There's a guy, he's, he's poor, he's broke. He's, he's worried about, you know, if he's going to have a place to live in a week or two. So he's praying to God, Lord, help me. I need, I need some money. Every day he prays two times a day. He prays three times a day. Lord, help me. I need to make some money. Help me, help me, help me, help me. And then time passes and eventually he, he loses his house and he ends up in his car. And then he loses his car and he's on the street and he's still praying, Lord, please help me. Time passes and it just gets worse. So finally he gets frustrated and he's like, Lord, why didn't you help me? And um, the Lord's like, well, all you had to do was go ahead and buy a scratch ticket. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what's the, what's the saying? Uh, faith without works is dead. Exactly. Exactly. But check this out, guys. Think about this too. Um, we, we want you to, when it comes to mental health issues, we want you to trust in God. But let's just say this. Uh, should we be saying when a woman goes into labor, oh, no, girl, you don't need the medicine. Just trust in God. But there's no. medicine out here for them to take. Like, how do we right. get to pick and choose when, when God is beneficial, we, when we can use God and when we can't use therapy? Hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, if you believe hmm. that God created everything, that means that he designed humans in a way that if you have mental health issues, that's why medication can correct it. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. So, there you go. While we're on the subject, I would like to piggyback with when someone is in the ICU, that is not the time to tell that person that God only gives you as much as you can handle. Oh, because yeah. the person that's oh, in the please. ICU, they do not want to hear that. Let me tell oh, you, please. they do not want to hear that. Please. Oh, God. Yes. Thank mm. you. Thank you, Jack. Thank You're you. Welcome. <laughs> thank you yeah. and that's and that's not the time to tell someone well you know it could have been a little worse you know no 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 no, no. <laughs> not no. today not today yeah. let me get to the full floor with the general population before we you know start saying you know you know telling me about that time you fell off the bike and you had to get six dishes you know as compared yeah. to me being in ICU so see yeah. that's that's what we're not going to do is play pity poker yeah, I don't yeah. need you to give me some some story like, oh, I know exactly how you feel. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> You're not laid up here with your stomach wide open with a vacuum on it. Um, and yeah, so, no, yeah, so you no. don't really, yeah, sure. you don't know what day it is. You know, I'm, so. I'm gonna need yeah. you to drink yeah. a big old huge glass. So shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And be quiet. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. The audacity, as you as we said earlier, the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> Sit down. Um, <laughs> so the other day when I was on your show, I was telling you about how uh, with my daughter, there was a particular musical lyric that sort of meant a lot to us. And you said the same thing happened with you when you decided that I'm not going to let this funk rule me. I'm taking control again. And that there was some music that mm. you used as, you know, motivation, strength, whatever. Would you like to share that with us? Especially yeah, since you, I just went on and on about it. Yeah, yeah. Music, um, I'm, I'm looking down because um, I'm trying to pull it up because I can't remember. It's, it's such an old song. 
music saved my life. Music, uh, God, music, and the support of my family saved my life. You know, it literally <sighs> did. Um, I had always been a music lover anyway. And um, when I was sick, uh, I stopped listening to music because um, music was my is my love language and will always be. And I stopped listening because I just felt like everything failed me. I felt like God failed me, my family, and I felt like music certainly failed me. And um, what happened was, you know, once I decided to get myself together, you know, my aunt gave me that kick in the butt. The um, I hadn't listened to music in almost a year, so I didn't really know what was up and popping. And um, I said, well, let me just go with Beyonce. I'm sure she put something out. And <laughs> there was a song. She did an album for this uh, uh, movie thing she did. Uh, and I think it was for, maybe this one was for The Lion King. But um, she did a song called Already. And that song was just talking about a guy. And she, you know, um, said, long live, long live a king. And the beat, it just was, uh, she, it was repetitive. The song is repetitive, but it just made me feel like, you know, um, you, you were always a king. She said, you were a king. You you already knew it. And so I kind of just internalized it like, okay, whatever situation I'm going through, let me just, I'm all, I'm a king. I'm, all, I'm a queen. I'm already, it's already in me. I just got to walk into it. And so I listened to that song every day for um, four months and 15 days, every day, constantly. Mm. And um, it got me, it got me through. It, it, it had me change my mindset. And I'm sure my physical therapist was really thankful because he got tired of me telling him to kiss my ass. So, All righty. <laughs> yeah, so he came. So let me tell y'all real quick. Um, he came one day and I, I loved him as a person, but I didn't really, I didn't really want to do the work because I'm like, dude, I'm handicapped. I'm be handicapped forever. Nobody walks after this. And so um, this day he was like, okay, well, you know, he's like, are you ready to tell me kiss your ass? And I said, no, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to work. So let's do this. Did like, did he just sit, just sit there in stunned silence for a little bit? Like he did. Huh? He was like, <laughs> okay. So can, this is the thing when he would come um, I, at the time I was wearing diapers or briefs, but I'm being honest. I was wearing briefs for a long time because I, I just, you know, medical stuff. And, um, when he would come, I would just have my, um, my briefs on in the shirt because that was letting him know I didn't want to work today. Mm. So I didn't have any pants on, but this time he came, I had pants on. And uh, he helped me with my shoes and we got to work. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. That it is. Shows yeah. you the power of music. Yeah. Music is life. I'm telling yeah. y'all. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I guess mm. <laughs> now would be, I guess, an appropriate time to tell us about your your wonderful boyfriend at the time. Yeah. 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 Guys, I I can laugh about this now. I was going through it. I was I thought the world was coming to an end. So when I went into surgery, I was engaged and had been engaged. Uh, I went into surgery December nineteenth. We had our engagement party. Let's say November twenty first. You know, and was preparing to get married and stuff. And um, he was there at the hospital, and um, no problem. So um. My mother didn't care for him that much. So she just kind of was like, you know, just get out the picture. We got this. We got it covered. But he kept in contact. You know, he would come see me as he could. And um, he kept in contact with my closest friends. And so when I came to, um, my mom kept my cell phone for a long time. And now I'm grown. And, you know, 
I was kind of pissed because I'm like, where's my phone at? You know, I'm incoherent and stuff, but I'm like, wait, I need my phone. I don't want to talk to people. I want to know what's going on. You know, what year is this? And so um, when I finally got my phone, she was so pissed. She was like, you know, you really need to heal. You really need to focus. And I know why she didn't want me to have my phone. So I started, you know, and I'm when I woke up out of the coma, um, unfortunately, one of the first things I did was I asked about him. I didn't ask about anybody else, my kid. I mean, my daughter, my family. And I asked, that was the first thing I was told that I was, that I asked about. And um, nobody wanted to tell me, but eventually um, maybe a week after, cause I'm like, I, I can't get in contact with him. I don't know what's going on. And my girlfriend just kind of told me my closest friend, she was like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but um, she said, I think you should go ahead and know so you can heal from it. And I'm not telling you to hurt you, but I want you to know before you see something and you feel like nobody told you. Um, he moved on and he is engaged and he'll be getting married in a week. And, you know, initially when she told me, I just bust out laughing because I thought it was a joke. And then I, I realized quickly that it wasn't. And, um, you know, I, that was traumatic too, guys. That was something oh, yeah. mentally, I was in a hospital. So I knew it happened because I saw the pictures on Facebook because that's, what he does, he's Mr. Social Media, so he puts everything on Facebook. I'm going to the bathroom, I'm eating cereal, whatever. And it was true. And, <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I said, you know, I thought to myself, I said, am I being punked? Is this like a joke? You know, because I, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I would try to call, he wouldn't answer, he wouldn't answer. Um, uh, and I just could not believe it. And so what happened was I had to compartmentalize that because I was fighting for my life. I couldn't deal with it. So for a long time, I didn't deal with it. I didn't address it. And then when I came home and things started to settle in, that's when I had to deal with that traumatic experience. But um, and unpack that. And that was so I'm going to be honest with you guys. That was like the most hurtful thing I probably experienced in my life. It, it, it was such a betrayal. Um, and I don't want to say it was so deep because we hadn't been together that long, but I just couldn't understand how you could just do that to somebody. And then on top of that, he nullified it with her, never spoke to me, never told me. And to this day, he's never told me, never really told me personally. We have talked. I have told him I've forgiven him, but he never really told me what happened. Um, but um, he told my girlfriend at the time, you know, um, well, I reconnected with my high school sweetheart. It was fast. We we got engaged in a week. And then also, too, it wouldn't be fair for me to hold my life back because I didn't he didn't know what was going to happen with me medically. You know, so he wanted to move on and live the best life that he could for himself. So he did that. And when I tell you guys, when anybody is listening, that's the best damn thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Best. Well, he definitely proved it in the wedding vows, the and sickness oh, yeah. and in health till death do us part it's, didn't mean a lot to him ahead didn't. of time. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. So if he's still married to that lady, good luck. Exactly. Good luck. And, I'm, I'm yeah. sure she's I'm sure she's learning what you already know right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, it took a long time. And the other thing that adds the component of that is that I had to get healing on my own. He mm -hmm. wouldn't talk to me. So I had to get closure on my own. And you know what? That's a difficult process, too. It's yes, difficult so. trying to get um, closure on your own when you don't have the answer. You don't know. And so I had to get closure on my own through God. And eventually, uh, probably about a year later. 
um, because he would reach out to me periodically. Um, we connected, we talked on the phone and, you know, he just, you know, did the whole cry thing and boohoo and, you know, please forgive me. And, um, Jesus wept, you know, all that stuff. Ooh, oh. And, <laughs> and you know, he was like, you know, I know you're, you know, you want forgiveness. You want to have closure, you know, for me. And, and I said, you know, I stopped him. I said, you know what? I had to get closure on my own. I couldn't rely on you to do it. So relying on you to give me closure meant that I couldn't move on in my life and I couldn't do that. So yep. um, I, yep. I, I don't have any animosity towards him. I can laugh about it now. And I'm just, I, I swear, like, I, I promise you, I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I reconnected with a really old, dear friend of mine that I knew probably when my daughter was one. And we just reconnected out of the blue. And I've met, you know, the love of my life, my best friend. And it didn't happen immediately after. You know, this was almost two years later, you know, once I healed and went through the process and I met um, my um, my fiance now. And I, 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 I'm so thankful because he's my best friend. You know, he's my best mm-hmm. friend. And the, the healing process changed some things in me as a woman. And I learned some things. So I, I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm very grateful. Mm. Yeah, I have. So child, that was ghetto. When I tell uh, you that well, was ghetto, that was uh, ghetto. Okay. Uh, that was like that was like uber ghetto yeah. like, hey, hey jack hold on to the, check this out it's like uh um you know i still had pictures of me and him up from my engagement party and people were like messaging me like uh he changed his status and he's married to somebody else not sure if you knew or maybe there's a technical difficulty it was ghetto it was ghetto <laughs> I mean, the, the, uh, uh, oh, how about this? Um, the, cause it was mm. COVID. We had already made out the deposit for the venue, you know, and we were going to pay the money to finish later on. It was ghetto. Like the lady called me and was like, uh, probably back in, uh, about in August in 2020, she was like, uh, Miss White, uh, I want to let you know that, um, I'm going to go ahead and send your deposit back because, I'm not sure. Maybe I made a mistake, but maybe I put the name down wrong. But we have your fiance's name and somebody else's name. Do not tell so, me he did that. The same venue, child. Why was the, I thinking this and you the just same said venue. it? Girl, Stop playing. Get, oh my girl, God. the lady, uh, uh, Jack, when I tell you the lady was so, she was like, I, I think maybe we made a mistake. Should I send the deposit back or... Oh, I said, no, ma'am. I said, he left me for somebody else. It's fine. Just go ahead and send me the deposit back. I'll take it. Wow. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, well, like- she was so sweet about it. She was like, well, let me tell you this. I, you know, I know somebody else that went through that. So I, I'm going to give you two dinners on me. Why don't you, when you meet somebody, come on down. I'm going to get the chef cook y'all dinner, a private dinner. And we just got to give you something back. She was so sweet. Yeah. But we let, la- I laughed about it. And she was like, you're laughing. It was funny. Yeah. Oh my that, God. That's the kind of thing that in the writer's room for a sitcom, if somebody said, I got an idea. Yeah. What if I'm yada, serious. yada, yada happens? And they'd be like, no one would believe that. Right. No that's why I had no my daughter come in here to verify with you guys. Ryan, what you think I was exact? No, this is exactly how it happened. And I tell, I told you, Crazy stuff. God sends crazy stuff my way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm processing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will say this, though. When something like that, something traumatic or something earth earth shaking like that happens in people's lives, you and like you just said, it was the best thing that ever happened to you because 
weak people can't stomach things like that. And he went ahead and took himself out. Yeah. Put himself on the curb. Yeah. Like if it wasn't, if that had never happened, uh, unfortunately, I'm sure you've thought of this. Something would have happened down the road. Oh, yeah. Y'all exchange vows. So, yeah. Absolutely. Even if uh, we don't, I don't know if it happened, it was happening before. Who knows? You know, Mm. but I'm glad that, um, I saw that, you know, that happened. Now I'm not, I'm a, I'm still, I still sometimes ask God, like, God, why'd you give me the ghetto stuff? Give me something just wanna up and up. You know, give me an Oprah story. <laughs> something similar to that. You gotta give me the ghetto stuff. Something. Yeah. It may not have seemed like it at the time, but you definitely got the better end out of that lottery. Yeah, yeah. Because she yeah, lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's wild. They just and I think. I think, I mean, obviously those kind of people are cowards, but not only for how they won't be honest with you, for him to sit up here and say, oh, I didn't know whether or not we had a future. Like, could you not just wait and yeah. ask the question? Like it's been two weeks. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. saying, like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. really? No, those kind of people, they have those things in their mind long before they move on. I agree. I totally agree. And you know what? The thing is, it is a lot to ask somebody to stick around with a health thing. But even I just think out of respect, you should be able to say that. Like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, This is a little much for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to. But I, I, I can't be my give you 100% if I'm if I'm not able to and I can respect who can't respect that true but to get true. on Facebook talking about um you know change of plans guys new person let me stick this name in here now come on ghetto yeah talking about yeah. some we you know we got to break up because I just married somebody else well uh, yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah and, cool, cool, and cool. then go to the yeah. same venue the same right? <laughs> oh my god come on man no you know, I, I don't know what the appropriate no. time to wait when you have a medical thing like that, but I would say at least a minimum of six months. Not six hours. Come on. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't uh, but then you know what? I, I'm joking about it. But then again, my daughter told me one day, she was like, Well, mom, did you think it was really gonna go well? Cause he asked you to marry him at Outback Steakhouse and he didn't even get on his knees. So. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really more I mean, of a Texas Roadhouse kind of thing. You know, out of the yeah. mouth of babes. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. My daughter laughed about it. Yeah, yeah. It, that's really more of a Texas Roadhouse type thing. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they have them. They have them good biscuits, don't they? The good yeah. butter biscuits. I like those. Yeah, yeah. They mm-hmm. Texas that's, Roadhouse. That's, yeah. yeah, that's far classier. Yeah. I don't Although know. I guess yeah. it wasn't the Sizzlers, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember Sizzler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, with that good buffet. Yeah. But let me let me ask you this, Tiana. You mentioned early when you first started uh, your story that before you went in or, or went under, you, you turned to your daughter and you said, I really don't want to do this. Considering everything that happened from then on out, do you find yourself now listening a little bit longer to your your intuition oh, oh it's, it's it completely changed my life absolutely yes. absolutely i i listen to um that intuition way better now like mm-hmm. um um just with anything something small i'm really big one because now i have a different value for life 
I didn't value life as much because we go through life as, you know, you know, we just assume we're going to wake up the next day, but I don't take that for granted anymore. Cause you could be here and people say it all the time, but I think until you've actually experienced it, you don't really have an understanding of it. So when in my mind, somebody crosses my mind or when I, I feel like I'm not, I call or when I feel like I'm not supposed to do something, um, it's created in me the, the, the strength or the confidence to say no, because before I just would have done it because I was scared. I, I didn't want you to think I was a scary person. Or I was embarrassed. Now I tell people, no, so I was asked to do something a, uh, about a week ago uh, by a good friend of mine. And I know they meant no harm, but it just didn't feel right. And so I initially I was like, well, I said, no, I can't do it. And mm. it turned out to be something really negative. You know what mm. I mean? Not intentionally, but I'm like, no. And I don't care what people think anymore. I can't do something that does not feel right. If it does not feel right, I'm not going to do it. And whether you and I are going through something, Kenyatta or Jack, if, if you drop in my heart, I don't care if we didn't talk uh, six weeks. It's been six weeks. If something says call Jack, I'm calling. Hey, Jack, no, you're not feeling me right now, but you dropped in my mind. Love you. Uh, kiss my toes. Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. We don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's That's interesting true. you say that because I find myself as of late thinking about a couple of people that the last time we spoke, it wasn't nice. Yeah. But at the same time, I still I still got love for them. And I'm like, they probably don't want to talk to me, but maybe I just want to say, hey, I hope you well. Boom. And that's it. You that's know, it. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's yeah. just true. a simple. I hope everything's going OK. Yep. Cause we don't know also too what somebody's mind frame is. Um, we don't know if somebody might have woke up that morning and said, you know, today's the day I'm going to end everything. Mm-hmm. And there were there were times during my recovery process, people didn't know it, but you know, I thought that morning, or you know, I snuck and um, you know, was saving. There was one time where I was saving my uh, pain medication pills, and I was saving them and collecting them. Um, was in a ton of pain, and I just said, one day I'm going to take all these pills. And that's just going to be it for me. And then somebody called, hey, girl, what's going on? Just want to tell you, you a little bald, bald head scallywag. Just love you. Bye. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yes. You know, and yes. it kept me thinking, OK, yes, I am a bald head scallywag, but I can make it one more day. You know, he's like, <laughs> yes. And yeah. And there you yeah. go. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, my. Yeah. That that touches on something. Kenyatta and I talked about a lot on our podcast is you never know what the person you're interacting with is going through. Yeah. Yep. And that guy that might be a giant dickhole at the convenience store, you know, maybe his mom just died. Mm, exactly. Right. So, yep. exactly. so you don't know. So that's why Kenyatta and I always say, start everything, start all your interactions from a position of love and kindness. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard, no. but it is. Mm-hmm. It is because yeah. I got some people in my, my. I'm like, Lord, help me, because I'm I'm gonna steal them in their face, you know. But um, <laughs> you know, but I still got to love them with the love of God. But I'm still Christian, but I still have feelings too. So all right, yep, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Bet. Yeah. you bet. Well, that is uh, that is an amazing uh, mm. thing that you went through. Just the whole yes. the whole thing, and uh, I'm really glad that you came on and talked about it. Yes, uh, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you uh, for coming on. Cause yeah, woo, for sure. Don't you need to click it right now? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) right, right. 
I, yeah. I thank you guys for having me on. Though I really appreciate it. I, I, um, I'm really selective in sharing my story because I've been. I feel like, and I'm going to say this word for lack of a better word. I had been invited on shows, and I I felt prostituted because um, hmm. people want you on for one reason, and then they just want the um the the you know the the this right here. They just want the okay. Well, let's just focus on. You know, when you were engaged and you found out this and and that's fine because that's a part of the story. Mm-hmm. But that's not the highlight of the story because it's, you know, it's such a bigger story. And it's not about me. It's about maybe uh, helping somebody else. Right. Especially with somebody maybe struggling with mental health or body yeah. image. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing, too, guys, you know, for the listeners out there, you have the same issues, whether you're fat or skinny. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm 150 pounds smaller than I am now. And I have the same securities, just on insecurities, just on a different level with being smaller, not being as curvy as I used to be. But those are things that I have to work through. So don't think weight loss surgery is going to make you um, the next Beyonce because because I did it. It doesn't work. Right, right. True. <laughs> but you and, can listen to her music during recovery. Oh, yes, you can listen uh, to her music during recovery. <laughs> believe, and believe it or not, while I was tooling around doing errands yesterday, I had some old Beyonce Blaring, streaming on my little Apple Music, like right, right. <laughs> like right, every right, once in a exactly. while, she's the perfect thing. Every once in a while, so yeah, every once in a while, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. I got you on that one. I got you on that. But that's an app. And thank you for coming on. That was an absolutely remarkable story. I just yeah. Whoo! I can't imagine. I I'm I'm glad then mm. knowing that you don't necessarily that you're selective with who you share it with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It really means yeah. a lot to me that you chose to share it with us. Yes, yes. I trust absolutely. you guys. I felt comfortable with you guys from the beginning. You know, I um when Jack and I, I just it just kind of settled in. You ever met somebody you just kind of settle into them? You like, I don't have to be all the way up here. You know, I, right. I yes. feel like uh there was a connection. And then when Jack told me about you, can get it, I'm like, okay, so we're just family. All right, we just live in different parts of the world. Okay, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. We all here now. We here now. Exactly. 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 Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, um, we've pretty much reached the end of recording time. Uh, Real quick, though, I know we mentioned it at the top of the show, um, but once again, go ahead and uh, plug your podcast. Uh, Okay. We'll start and Um, end on it. (laughs) The name of the podcast is Unpacked Energy. Uh, I'm on, you know, every platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, which is, you know, God's podcast platform because i love iphones but that's neither here nor there um, <laughs> uh, uh, anchor uh, uh google anyway you can just find me just anywhere i'm on instagram under the same thing unpack uh energy at unpack energy um i'm i'm prevalent on instagram i engage a lot more on there um but i am on facebook uh unpacked energy as well um i'm more prevalent under my my name on facebook so tiana white I'm, I'm sure they'll put it in the show notes but reach out to me um i'm i'm really open i'm one of those people like i'm i'm just like that sister that just won't shut up so whether we know each other or not i don't care if you i love and people this is what i live by. i don't care if we don't know each other if you're going through something you're having a day i don't care if we don't know each other reach out send me a message Let's talk because I, I try to be there as much for people as I possibly can. That's my life goal to let people know I, wherever you are, uh, you don't have to be alone. So I can listen or I can run my mouth off about the wild and crazy things that happened to me during the day. You know, strangers coming up to me, asking me, do I want to go have lunch at Subway? 
So we can talk <laughs> about, we can, if you want to laugh, I'm good. If we want to cry, I got things we can cry about. I got a list. I have a little short little list of things we can cry about together, you know, in unison or whatever. And uh, so I'm always there. So reach out to me. I'm there. Question. Mm-hmm. Did you go? I did. Awesome. What did you get? I did. I got my steak and cheese foot long with extra cheese, extra bacon, extra jalapenos, the chipotle sauce that they had. I met this woman. Um, she had to be, I'm going to say 75 years old. Um, she was coming from a doctor's appointment. I was coming from a doctor's appointment. She was surprised that I was going to see the same doctor because he's considered to be, I guess, a doctor for older people need to hear there. And she was lonely. She said, you know, um, she said, do you want to talk? And I said, you know, I was kind of taken aback. I had saw her. She said, do you want to talk? And she was like, "Um, I don't have anything to do. I'm waiting on my son to pick me up, but it's going to be about two hours. You know, she told me that, you know, he didn't really make it a priority, you know, to help her as much as he should in her old age. And she just was like, you know, want to go grab something to eat? And we did. We went and had a sandwich. um, And we talked and we still talk. We still keep in contact. And her name is Miss Marilyn. So um, I told her my story. She told me hers, gave me some good wisdom about being a mom and not Mm. having to feel like I need to be perfect. And Mm. we laughed. I told her things and, you know, we had a good conversation and, and she, we had some, some um, difficult, uh, what should have been a difficult conversation about race. It wasn't that she just, gen- I said, you know what, genuinely ask me what you want to know. I said, because there's thing I want to know too. I don't understand. And, you know, coming from different periods, you know, uh, she didn't understand some things and she said, I'm sorry for being ignorant towards that. I didn't know, you know, and so we, we're still keeping contact. Hmm. Nice lady. Yeah. That's awesome. It maybe, is. Uh, maybe you can invite her over for Thanksgiving if her son's still being not as loving as he should be. Yeah. Mm. He's, um, uh, they live in um, Boston, but um, she's right now um, not doing as well. So she's not safe to travel. But I told mm. her, I, I promised, I said, you know, when I get, you know, some coins or whatever, I definitely will come up there uh, to check her out and visit and do, you know, just give mm-hmm. a hug and things like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm praying that I'll be able to make it, but I do keep in contact with her. We zoom, cool. which is new for her, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That is. So she spent, she spends, um, I'm gonna let y'all go, but she spends like the first, maybe three minutes trying to get that thing off of mute. but that's me. <laughs> ah! I, I just act like I can hear, you know, and then she's, <laughs> You know, we just go with it, you know? So, <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. That's it. great. Great I to hear. That's yeah. Great story. Yes. Um, well, once again, I appreciate you coming on. And thank you. I'm looking forward to letting our listeners hear your hear your story. I think yes. It, thank you. It, it, it's inspiring on a lot of levels. I know that maybe you don't maybe you don't think it is inspiring. Inspiring, but it is because it says no matter as we talked about when I was on yours, you can get through it. Yeah, no you can. How, no matter how how low you think you've gone, you can get through it. You can, so. absolutely. Oh, boy. Yes, thank you again. All right, guys, y'all want to go out to uh, have a little, uh, uh, what is it, night, nightcap after this? We're going to need it because <laughs> this was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, might. Yeah, Kenan right. uh, and I are not afraid of the adult beverages. Okay, <laughs> I I am not, but I I really am trying to also get like at least seven hours of sleep tonight. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We'll leave you alone tonight. Okay? I appreciate y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No. So I guess with that, everybody, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Bye. 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 As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world. On Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W. On Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash hotlines. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.